2: we come for one purpose and one purpose alone, and that is to lift up the name of Jesus because His name is above every name. And there's no other name given in heaven, on earth, or under the earth by which we can be saved, but only at the name of Jesus. That alone is enough reason to come together and praise and worship God. Today is Communion Sunday, and our communion meditation is taken from John chapter 14, verses 15 to 26. We're in a series called Walking in Step with a Master. And today's message is entitled, Stepping into a Place Where Obedience to God is Possible. You know, as the uh, conflict in, uh, between Russia and Ukraine accelerates, uh, we have another one going on in the Sudan Uh, region. And lest we forget that we have brothers and sisters in those areas that needed our prayer, we needed to lift them up before the Lord. The women and children and all the civilians that are uh, getting caught in the crossfire, many of them are brothers and sisters of ours in the Lord. So in your private moment, you and I need to lift those people up because they need our prayer. But like in so many conflicts, it's interesting that the very first thing that we want to do is to to have a negotiated peace so that the, the, the war will end or the conflict will be resolved. But what we'll notice and what's been going on in the history of our world is every time we try to negotiate peace between warring factions, there's always that desire for everyone to sit on the table And discuss the prospect of lasting negotiated peace. But the problem is, although people desire to accomplish peace, obeying the rules that govern that peace becomes a different story. There seems to be a great deal of desire for peace, but the desire does not translate into obedience to the rules that govern that peace Process. Loved ones, there's a huge divide between desire and obedience. We can desire something, but unless that desire leads to obedience, to that which is desired, there's no lasting fulfillment. Maybe some of you remember that uh, Super Bowl commercial, that Sprite commercial. Where all of these athletes were training really hard and they're lifting weights and they're doing jump ropes. Everything to get their bodies in shape. While at a distance, there's this guy who was drinking this ice cold Sprite. You know. While these other guys are struggling and finding you know, uh, ways to get their bodies built, sweating and having a hard time. This guy was just enjoying himself drinking that Sprite. And then there's a caption that says in the commercial, Obey your thirst. And all of a sudden, these guys went over to that guy and started drinking that cold beverage. That's true with our relationship with God. It's possible for us to have a desire for God and not take that desire to a point of obedience to His Word. So we end up living unfulfilled lives. Did you know that God wants you and I to live fulfilled lives. Now, notice that I'm using the word fulfilled. Because oftentimes we think that it's God's business to simply make us succeed, be wealthy, rich, healthy, and all of these things. But but God's desire for us is far greater than just those superficial things that can be found in this world. He wants fulfillment. Heaven is a place of fulfillment. We're not going to have all the same rewards because some of us will do greater things for God than others. But the level of fulfillment we're going to have in the presence of God matches that which he has given us. So this is an important thing. And our desire for God must translate into obeying his word so that we can experience lasting fulfillment in life. Why do we struggle so much when it comes to obeying God? I know I struggle with it at times. But it's a a common struggle that many followers of Jesus, many believers, many Christians go through. Because if we are are honest with ourselves, uh, obeying God is not always easy. In fact, even the word obedience has a negative connotation in our society. When we talk about obedience, what usually comes to our mind is subservient. Being subservient rather than a leader. And in a a very individualistic society like like America, you know, we kind of resent that word obedience a little bit because we want to be the masters of our own lives, the rulers of our own destiny. It's built in us that we want to be individualistic. And when we hear the word obedience, what always comes to our mind is this idea that we have to be subservient to someone who's higher than us. When we talk about obedience in our society, uh, we're talking about not standing up for ourselves, but allowing uh, somebody to, to speak up for our rights or for whatever it is that we want to pursue. Obedience in our society sometimes means someone else must be higher. Um, you may have a negative uh, connotation or you may have a negative meaning um, to... to it, the, The word obedience may have a negative meaning in this world, but if you apply that to our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, it becomes a a, a source of power. That negative becomes very positive because the, the, the power of the tenets of our faith is found when we obey the words of Christ. All of a sudden, that subservient attitude Becomes a servant leader. Which is who Jesus was. Did you know that Jesus... There's no question about Jesus being a leader. But he demonstrated the power of his leadership. By being a servant. When we think that we have the power on our own to solve all the issues in life. What is better? To do it yourself... Or for God to stand with you every waking moment of your life? I think it's a no-brainer. I'd rather have Jesus standing with me, holding my hand, than me trying to resolve all of my issues because I refuse to obey someone whose words are the words of life. When we recognize that God's power is available to us to live this life that He has given us, All of a sudden, things change. We become bold. We become confident. There's courage in obeying the word of Christ. These are the things that God brings us. Desire for God must find its way towards obedience to God. And Jesus very clearly taught this principle to his disciples. That desire for God is one thing, and obeying God... Is another. You and I can desire God all we want. Many of us have that desire, but we crumble and we stumble and we fumble and we fall when it comes to obeying the words of Christ. But Jesus knew that we're going to struggle with this. Jesus knew that his disciples then and his disciples now will have a hard time dealing with the words and the commandments that he has given them. So what did he do? He sent us the Holy Spirit, amen, on the day of Pentecost. The purpose of the Spirit's coming and the purpose of him in filling us and empowering us is so that we can take our desire for God and enable us to obey The commandments of God. In other words, this is the sermon statement for today. God sent us the Holy Spirit not merely for us to desire God, but to ultimately obey God. Because it's possible for us to desire Him and not obey Him. And we will see that in scriptures. And Jesus said, I will send you the Holy Spirit and He will be your counselor. And when he does, what's the main purpose of the Holy Spirit? So that we can, in fact, obey Jesus. So don't shut me down yet. There's a lot of things to the ministry of the Holy Spirit that we need to look at in Scriptures so that we can take our desire for God, which everybody has this morning, otherwise you wouldn't be here. But we need to take that desire to a point of obedience Turn to John chapter 14. If you have a bulletin, it's printed there. Or if you don't have a Bible or a bulletin, I think it's going to be printed over here. John chapter 14, verses 15 to 26. This is Jesus' teaching on the coming of the Holy Spirit. Part of it anyway. Verse 15. Jesus began with these words. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. I want you to underline that word forever, because if you're a Christian, okay, the Holy Spirit is abiding with you and I, and the Holy Spirit will not go anywhere. All right? The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Verse 25, verse 22, rather. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? By the way, Jesus just answered the question by saying the Holy Spirit cannot be recognized by the world because the Holy Spirit is, guess what? Only be discerned, can only be discerned by the people who follow Jesus. But the disciple named Judas still asked the question, "Why do you intend to show the Spirit to us and not to everybody else?" And look at this, look at Jesus' reply to that question. Jesus replied, "If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching." These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this that I have spoken while I was still with you. But the Comforter, the, the Counselor, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Well, you know, the, the beauty of the Scriptures is all you need to do is to read it and it teaches you everything, Right? But, you know, you brought me up here to be pastor, so I'm going to have to do my job this morning. Amen? Praise God. A few communion meditation thoughts from this passage about the difference between mere desire and obedience to God. There are three things that I want to leave with us. I hope to uh, inspire or encourage our hearts this morning about this difference between desire and obedience. Number one, desire for God has many pursuits. But obedience to God has only one passion. Desire for God has many pursuits. Obedience has one passion. Look at verse 15 again. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Simple enough statement. Jesus was giving the condition of truly desiring God. Truly loving God. He says, if you desire me, if you want me, if you want to put your affection towards me, obey what I command. Now, this word worship that we always use is for the purpose of obeying God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit comes to bring our desire, the desire that you have this morning, to a point and place of obedience in in our lives. And obedience to God is the expression of passionate worship. Worship is really obedience to God at every level of life. Now, I understand that we just sang these wonderful songs this morning. Amen? We sang songs of praise. That is just a small part of what it means to worship God. Worship God includes praising Him and playing these instruments, as the Bible says, uh, and, and uttering praise words and all of these things. But worship must encompass the totality of our life. Every aspect of our walk with God in this life. Let me ask you a question this morning. What are you passionate in life? What is your main passion in life? I guarantee you, your passion will transcend your desire. For whatever that is that you're passionate about. You can say, I'm passionate about basketball. Basketball. But it's quite different when you're, I mean, I desire uh, basketball, and it's another thing to take that desire to a place of being passionate towards uh, basketball. And I know a lot of people, you, you know who, you know the, the Warriors game, you know the, the, the cheapest ticket to a Warriors game? $300, okay? I desire the Warriors, Okay? But I'm not passionate passionate enough about this guy to pay $300 when I can sit down in front of my TV and watch the whole thing. You understand what I'm saying? Desire has many pursuits. What do you desire about that person that you love? What do you, you know, what what did you desire about your spouse? I desired his money. I desired her looks. I desired her kindness and we come up with a a, a list of things that we can say about why we desire that person and why did we uh, pursue that person in the first place what is it about that person that you can say you desire the most what is it about that person that you can actually say you love about that person desiring someone and actually loving someone are two different things you can desire something and absolutely not be passionate about that something or someone. We often do the same thing when it comes to the Lord. You know, we, 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 when we say we desire God, we usually means there's something we want or need from God. And now you might be thinking, why, why do you bring that up so much? Because we live in a fallen world and we're fallen people. We need to understand that we need to get rid of this, this desire, this mere desire for, for God And translate it to a point of worship, a passionate worship to God. Uh, we, 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 We come to God, we desire God because at the back of our heads, we really want to benefit from our relationship with God. And there's nothing wrong with that, loved ones. But worship is not for our benefit, it's for God's benefit. We always have to remind ourselves that when you come here this morning to worship God, you leave all of your issues, your problems, and all the things that kind of boggles your life, boggles your mind, and you and I focus on worshiping God. Because worship is the only thing you're giving back to God, people. Amen? You can't put anything on the table. When, when God wants to negotiate with you, a negotiation of peace, what do you bring to the table? Nothing, except for worship. What do we bring to God this morning? Nothing but worship. Well, we need to show that to the Lord. When we come only seeking to benefit from the presence of God, we miss the act of worship. Because worship, again, is for the benefit of God. And the true sign of worship is the desire in us to pursue God by obedience. Obeying His will, obeying His commandment, obeying His word. You might be thinking, this is Christianity 101, Pastor. This is basic Christianity. It is. It's foundational to our understanding of Christianity. And why, again, why is it important for us to keep going back, especially at communion, to these foundational things of the faith? Because if you have a messed up foundation in your life, it doesn't matter I mean, if you have a messed up foundation in your house, it doesn't matter how beautiful your kitchen, your bedroom, your living room, or everything else in your house look. If the foundation is rotten, that house is going to crumble. The same thing with our relationship with God. We need to take our desire for God to a place of true worship. And true worship takes place when the Holy Spirit compels us to obey the will and the word of Christ. I want you to read Psalm 119 in your spare time. Especially meditate on verse 14. We should read the whole thing, Psalm 119. But for our sermon this morning, we'll concentrate on verse 14. Look at what it says. It says, I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. Have you ever said to God, God, I'm happy because I get to obey your commandments. How many times have we said that to the Lord? God, I'm just so glad I can obey you. Because when I get to obey you, you get to fulfill my life. How many times have we sang songs about obeying God's commands? Not a whole lot of songs. That's why we need to go back to the hymns, amen? Amen. I mean, modernize the hymns. I mean, I don't want to start singing in the church like a bunch of old people from ancient times. But we need to go back to those hymns because those, those hymn writers understood something very clearly. And that is, obeying God's word is the ultimate sign that we are entering the worship of God. So, so next time, when, when our worship team, you know, some of you can write songs. Write songs about obeying the commandments of the Lord. Because that constitutes loving God. Here's, here's another one. Psalm 122 and verse 1. You're going to get a kick out of this. It says, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Are you happy you're in the house of the Lord this morning? Well, I don't see anybody smiling. rejoice, I rejoice when someone said to me, let us come to the house of the Lord. Did you know that coming to the house of the Lord is a commandment of God? And let me say this thing too, and I don't want to offend anybody, okay? Please, you know, me, you know me better than that, okay? I don't want to offend anybody. But if you get offended, I apologize already, okay? I'm going to say it very softly. Church, is for God's people. I don't expect pagans to come. I don't expect the heathen to come. Church is for God's people. It shows that we have a desire to worship God. It shows that we have a desire to discover the will of God. 99.9% of Of the will of God is in the word of God. That 1% is none of our business. God has given us everything so we can worship him. He has given us the word, his Bible. He has given us the church. He has given us salvation. He has given us the Holy Spirit. There's no table unturned by God when it comes to us coming to him in worship. Obedience to the Word of God is a mandate only to believers. So if you're finding yourself at a loss as to whether you ought to be in the house of worship, there's a deeper problem. There's a desire for God, but that desire has not translated into obeying God. I rejoice With those who said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I want you to look at somebody and tell that person, the sermon is long, the sermon is boring, but I'm glad you're here. Come on, come on, come on. I got people tell you all the time, I don't want to come to church because every time you preach, man, it seems like you're... You're trying to put me down. I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. If 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 you're feeling guilty this morning, there's a deeper problem, amen. Church is for the people of God. I'm not saying that because I want disputes filled. Okay? I I want I want Christians coming to worship God. I don't You know, it doesn't really matter, you know, if you have a church close to your house, you know. Worship there. Because it's a commandment by the Lord. It's an act of worship. Now, this desire versus obedience is is found in scriptures no more clearly illustrated than in Samuel chapter 15.
1: You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.